increase. Let's get into the word. We're going to try to just keep it brief today so we can prepare for some other things uh, to end the service. All right, we got a, a new message we're going to start on Wednesdays here. Obviously, uh, you see the title there, it's uh, True Riches. We're going to be talking about uh, true riches. All right, so, you know, we're going to hit true riches. We're going to hit great riches. I'm sure we'll, we're going to hit unrighteous riches and, of course, uncertain riches. So, again, we have true riches. We have great riches. We have unrighteous riches and uncertain riches. Now, uh, for this particular series, we won't be worshiping or attacking riches. So we're not going to worship them and we're not going to attack riches. You know, you know, a lot of times people see what the message is going to be and I'm sure they, I think it's going to be this. It's probably going to be that. We'll see, you know, but we're not going to be worshiping riches and we're definitely not going to be attacking riches. Okay. Uh, we're just putting them in their proper position of service to God and his kingdom. We'll be putting riches in the proper position of service to God in his kingdom. 1 Corinthians 6.12, it tells us that all things are lawful, but not expedient. All things are lawful, but I won't fall under the power of anything. Uh, let's, let's take a minute and, Lord, we lift up the youth, continue to minister to them, impact them, use their leaders to touch their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, sorry about that. Uh, so, so this is the thing, like, like uh, when it comes to riches, based on what we talked about, we talked about true, great, unrighteous, and uncertain. A lot of times uh, 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 people's uh, process of riches or resources uh, is not about what's best. You know, sometimes we can get caught up. Um, and actually, we're, we live in a culture that, that, you know, one aspect of riches, of course, is money, where depending on what pe uh, where people are with their money status, uh, you know, they'll drop off from God or family or even taking care of their health, you know. Like, even when there's signs letting them know that they need to get deeper into God, they miss the signs because they got some money. You know what I'm saying? So, so money is dangerous. Uh, uh, some people uh, worked hard to get to certain plateaus and have getting the, gotten to those plateaus. And for lack of better words, they have riches. Uh, and, and, but they're wondering why they're empty. So that's why you'd be like, how can somebody with all of this uh, uh, commit suicide or kill themselves? Because they got tricked. They were told that that would quench their thirst and fulfill them. All right? Now, God's allowed riches in the earth realm just like he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He put the, so he put that tree of knowledge of good and evil in the earth realm too, right? So he's, he's allowed uh, all the riches that we talked about earlier, whether it's true, great, unrighteous, and uncertain, just like good and evil, that tree of good and evil. <laughs> For those online, we actually heard me twice. <laughs> All right, but he's allowed, <laughs> he's allowed those, uh, 
in the earth realm, just like the tree of knowledge, good and evil, because we have choice. Like we have choice. Um, and so what's, what's the choice? Why did God allow some of these things to exist? Uh, to measure our value of him. To measure our value of him. See, see, it's one thing to choose God and you have no choice. It's another thing to choose God and you got plenty of options. Right? Choosing God in the midst of options. That's why sometimes when people are all in, you know, have a, uh, somebody I know of, uh, you know, call on their life, had a call on their life for quite some time now, um, and never really grabbed a grip on it because they would go highs and lows based on the resources they had. So, so when they had the resources, they were locked into the resources, you know, you know chase, chasing resources. When they didn't have the resources, they would spend time with God, go on a momentum, but then the opportunity would come up for money, and then they would abort that process. You know, uh, this is in another, another state. And so, you know, I told, I told the person, I said, listen, you know, because you know, when they were, didn't have the resources, now they're looking at their life and their choices, their calling and stuff like that. It's like, well, I understand why I'm not here. I said, well, respectfully, nobody's going to tell you the truth, but I'll tell you the truth. Every time you have a money opportunity, you, you leave your preparation for ultimately God's calling and purpose. I said, so, so I said, there's nothing wrong with having money, but, you know, purpose is supposed to be first, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I think I heard Miasia talk about that. Uh, she said, if we're not seeking them, then we will, right? So let's go here in Luke 16. This will be our foundation. We're going to dance around this. These, uh, it's about four scriptures in here. We'll probably dance around here quite a bit throughout the weeks. But, and we've talked about this scripture recently, but I think God wants to highlight, God is going to highlight it just a little bit different today. All right, so we're going to Luke 16, 10 through 13. 10 through 13. You might want to put a marker or something in this passage because we'll be coming back. Okay. It says, uh, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is, now, now again, there's a colon after that. So when you see a colon, two dots, the, what comes behind that is explaining the previous statement. It's, it's more of a breakdown. So he's still talking about the same thing. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. If therefore you have not, now he's still on the same conversation. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon or we, or unrighteous riches, who will commit to you your trust to true riches? So here, it, here you see the unrighteous uh, riches or unrighteous mammon or unrighteous money is something that we will have in our lives. You know, uh, we'll get into it probably in the next couple of weeks. The reason why it's unrighteous is because it hasn't been exchanged yet. <laughs> All right? We'll get to, you know, we got, we, got a, we got a section here where we'll talk about the exchangers. Right? But it hasn't been exchanged yet. But I don't want to skip ahead because we've got a short period of time here. But, but that's a part of the lease. That's on that front end of the scenario. Right? So, so if we're, we're not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to us our trust, the true riches? 
And so a lot of times, all that we obtain, we talked about this in another message, all that we obtain, we think that we are hung the moon. You know, we get to six figures, double six figures, triple six figures. We think we hung the moon. It's still unrighteous. Like, that's not the true riches. You know, because if it, if it, if it was, there would be no sorrow. Right? You wouldn't have to spend time away from God, would you? Okay, all right, so just keep that in mind. All right, so, and, and it says, if you have not, it's still on the same topic and keep giving you contrasts. It's just taking it deeper. It says, you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, right? Unrighteous mammon, right? The lease, all that's in that same conversation. Who will give you that which is your own? So when you get to your own, you get to the true riches. When you get to the, your own, that's another level, right? I right, so so these true riches, true riches are uh, they're genuine. Uh, it's the reality of why God wants you to have resources. So true riches are genuine. You know, it's, it's, there's there's no holes in, in, in when you get true riches. Um, true riches. I'll give you this other definition I studied out. The the life's content content. I'm sorry. The life's content we receive by being faithful in dying to sin in the flesh, and putting to death the deeds of the body by the spirit. So, so, when, so, so when we uh, bury ourselves in, in the things of God, we have to lose the self that's in the way of God. When we bury ourselves in the things of God, we have to lose the self that's in the way of God. So, so we may have unrighteous riches as we're burying ourselves, but we have to, while we're burying ourselves, we're learning how to steward, how to sow, how to reap, how to give our time, our talents, and our treasures to kingdom work first. And then once we bury ourselves and we lose ourselves, then God can give us the true riches because our default is what? Kingdom of God, purpose, vision, right? Others. Right? Look not every man on his own thing more than on the things of others, Philippians 2, 4. Right? Right? Does that make sense? Right? So this unrighteous mammon is used to locate our hearts before releasing abundance. So this unrighteous, the unrighteous riches, what you get on this front end, like it's not for us to store like the guy with the barns, right? It's what, that's where it locates our heart. Where is our heart? Right? before abundance is released because you can't give people abundance with the wrong heart. Like, and see, we struggle to be faithful in the least. So, so if you talk to somebody and you ask them about, now, now we're going to hit everything because we don't talk about resources. We don't break down tithing in a, as much as probably we should. Uh, and we don't because we're in a culture that's, that, that gets nervous. They get nervous when you talk about sex, get nervous when you talk about their smoking and drinking, and they get nervous when you talk about money, right? But how are we growing if we don't learn what God says about these things? You understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to give you what God says, and you continue to do what you've been doing for your entire life, making your choices. Now, when we talk about this stuff, we're not talking about, uh, again, leaning to our own understanding and, and utilizing God's resources the way we think we should. You know what I'm saying? So, so God tells me to tithe, you know, and what I'll do is, uh, Lou, I'll buy you some new shoestrings. 
you know, so at least I felt like I gave something. But did God tell you to do that? Right? See, see, this is how we do. We, 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 we try to control uh, things because we don't trust God. Right? We ain't talking about man. We're talking about trusting God. See, if I'm operating in obedience with what God gives me, I don't size up what he tells me to give it. Like if God tells me to sow into that, that ground across the street, I don't spend no time investigating. Know why? God did the investigate. Right? Does that make sense? Right? So, so, so now I'm operating off of obedience to God. Right? I'm not looking at what it looks like. I'm not worried about how it looks because God has already surveyed how it looks. You see what I'm saying? So, so one, I'm, I'm, I'm yielding to God. Sometimes we're not checking with God at all. We're rolling based on what's comfortable and convenient for us, right? Right? That's not how it's supposed to go. Now, so, now the interesting thing is when it talks about faithfulness in the lease and, and you'll get your own. Let's go here. Uh, I apologize, uh, uh, production team and people that's watching. This is an audible. So Luke 19. Luke, now, God is good, you know. God, God writes out all of our sermons. You know, our, you know, whether it's Bible study, fellowship, you're at the job, uh, you went to the gym, you had a conversation with your spouse, you had to get your son and daughter together, uh, uh, your grandchildren, whatever the case, God is writing out sermons, right? Then you, happen, you think you happen to read something. Ain't no happen to read. Um, so, I, so part of my daily reading today was uh, Luke 19. Luke 18 and 19, I have to read uh, two chapters. Um, well, anyway, I got a lot of stuff to read. But, but 18 and 19 was a part of my reading today. And so I ran across this, which I thought was wonderful. Let's go here, verse 16. All right, so, so you know, this is, this, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to focus on verse 16, but let's start at verse 12. It says, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. It says, and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy or do business till I come. It says, uh, but, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, look, the word money is in the Bible, right? <laughs> that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. It says, then, he came, then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound has, has gained 10 pounds, 10 times of what you gave. Right now, each of them have got one pound, one seed. That's all they got. Right? He says, and he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, I gave you the unrighteous. Look, he says, Have thou authority over ten cities? He didn't give him ten seeds, he gave him ten cities. Yeah, listen, listen. Ten cities. Think about this now. We live in the city of Charlotte. God gives you seed to sow. Based on what you sow, when you're faithful, he gives you ten cities. 
Some, some people just be happy to have some property within the city. Like me, I'm just happy. I got a house, you know, church got a, got, got a property, right? No, we ain't talking about, the, imagine you own 10 cities in North Carolina. See, don't just breeze through this stuff. This, see, he was, he was faithful in another man's. He didn't tell him he was getting 10 cities. He just gave him a pound, said, occupy till I'll come. That's all he said. So they didn't know what they was getting. It's like we don't, right? It's another message coming up. Let it work. Let it work. It's coming up. Coming up too. Coming up soon. Let it work. All right, so um, he says, uh, 10 cities. And the second came and said, Lord, thy pound has gained five pounds. So five times. He said, likewise to him, thou also over five cities. We take a city, wouldn't we? Just a city. We take a town. A small suburb. That's, it's all yours. All the recesses, all the resources, all the business, everything, the taxes is all yours. We take that, wouldn't we? Okay, just think about it. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. So you could tell it wasn't much because he could fold it in a napkin. You can't fold the city in a napkin, can you? He said, he said, for I fear thee because thou art an oster man. Thou taketh up uh, that thou layest not down and reapeth that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked, twisted servant. Thou knewest that I was an oster man taken up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore, thou gavest not thou my money into the bank at least. He says that at my coming, I might have required my own usury or interest. He says, and he said unto, uh, unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that has 10 pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he has 10 pounds already. He said, for I say unto you that unto everyone which has shall be given, and from him that has not, even that which he has shall be taken away from him. He said, but those my enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Now here, here this, this occupy to our come, that's what the Lord is telling us. So I've given you gifts, I've given you talent, I've given you resources. What are you doing? Are, are, are you maximizing what I've given you? Right? Are you maximizing what I give you? Right? Because when I show up, I'm not just looking for you that I birthed into this earth realm. I'm looking for more than, than you. <laughs> like I birthed a seed when I put you in this earth. And I'm expecting a harvest. Like I'm expecting everything around you to multiply. Uh-oh. Right? It says, see, see, again, now, it shows where our heart is, because the Bible says where, you're, where our treasure is, our heart will follow. So, so if, if, if I'm mindful of this is God's, everything I got is God's, and I have to make God's kingdom prosper, right? If that's what my heart is, that's what my treasure will be. But if, it, if, if, my, if my heart is about me, then that's where 
my treasure will be. And then when God shows up, we just going to give them us. But, but where are the souls? Yeah, like, 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 like what have we done with our gifts? Where are the other disciples? How, may, how have we duplicated ourselves? We got access to the kingdom. However, we talked about this on Sunday. How do other people get access? What are we doing when we have? We're just sitting back, you know, just making sure we are fine, right? And so, so I think about this in Genesis 4, 3 through 7, you know, I'm, I'm, you can write down the scriptures. We'll get deeper into it uh, going, going further, but, you know, we're going to a short period of time today, right? But uh, me and Trina had a conversation about this one day. Now, this is Cain and Abel. So this is where this whole thing started, right? It's Cain and Abel, right? So what was it? Well, that's not where it started. It started with Adam and Eve, you know, because, you know, they could have offered themselves to the spirit realm but instead of they bit of the tree, right? That's where it started. But they birthed Cain and Abel. So uh, the scripture says, and, and this is what they used to do in uh, corrections. They would go, uh, okay, if Cain um, was sent out wandering, well, where were the people? Wasn't nobody else existing. But the Bible never said there was no one's existing. What it said was in one verse it says one was keeper of the sheep and one was tiller of the ground. It says, so in one verse they were born, and before the verse is over, it said what they was doing. They was tilling the ground and keeping the sheep out of the womb, baby. <laughs> they was doing that? No, it's, it's a process of time, right? But the interesting thing, it, it's, but it's highlighting what's important to build up to the first selfish murder, right? The whole murder was about offering. So the first time somebody died, we reading through, you said you was bothered this morning. He's like, man, there's people dying. This is, you know, wars and stuff like that. It just, it just cringe you, you know, because you think about God and folk be taken out. Matter of fact, this guy took somebody out because this is a parallel of God coming back, right? So anyway, uh, they, they're birthed into their purpose and they produce from their purpose, tilling the ground and keeping the sheep. So their purpose produced something. And when their purpose produced something, see, God is checking where our heart is. Do we value him? So now they have the opportunity to show appreciation for who gave them everything they have access to. You're cattle on a thousand hills, this guy, right? So Abel's like, I, I don't have none of this without God. So he gives God his first and best. I mean, that's the least I can do. I'm not worried about not getting anymore. I didn't have this. <laughs> you know what I'm Like, I started with nothing. God afforded me this. He gave me this purpose. And because I'm connected to him, I've prospered in the way I prospered. I'm giving him my best. Came after he enjoyed what he got, he gave God his leftovers. So Abel's gift was accepted because it was his best, his first. It was about God. His whole thought was not, oh, I can't wait till I finish. His whole thought was, I can't wait till I bless God. <laughs> and that's what he did. Cain was like, it was like an afterthought. I'll get to that. 
It says he received Abel's, but didn't receive Cain's. Cain gave him something, didn't he? He gave him some shoestrings. He didn't receive it. God. So you think everything we're offering, God's receiving. <laughs> Woo! Right? So, so, see, there's a principle to this. Your heart is not attached when you give your leftovers. That's almost like honorable mention. Oh, yeah, that's right, God. So, he gave, one gave his best, one didn't. Cain's countenance fell. Oh, oh, oh. Depressing, frustration, snapping, irritable. His countenance fell because he didn't do what it took to keep his heart connected to God. And so God shows up and said, what's wrong with you? Obviously, God notices when our countenance falls. <laughs> right? He said, well, you received this offering, you see mine. Look, thinking about yourself already. What about me? See, when we don't stay connected to God, giving our best, we're going to start getting desperate and thinking about us. He said, what do you mean, what about you? Your brother gave his best. You could have gave your best. Opportunity to repent. Instead of repenting, I'm about to kill that fool. He making me look bad. My offer would have been okay if it wasn't for him. <laughs> right? See, this is how the whole process started, right? See, offering, when you have unrighteous mammon, it starts with giving your best. See, all things are lawful, but not expedient, not best. That's the first scripture we read. Are we giving our best? Mm -mm -mm. See, remember Genesis 14. Again, I'm just going to give you the scriptures. You're studying for yourself. We're going to get deep into this in the next few weeks. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. It says, Abraham was so blessed. Now, Genesis 14, y'all, is after Genesis 13, which is after Genesis 12. So Genesis 12 was when God rolled up into him. You, basically, you've been compliant. You've just been faithful, man. He says, hey, what do you want? So he told Abraham, he said, listen, you've been faithful. Go for yourself. That's Genesis 12, 1 through, 1 through 3. He basically he says, uh, leave your brother, leave your kindred, leave compliance. Go to a place I'll send you, and I'm going to bless you. Bless them to bless you. Even if the people curse you, I'm going to curse them. Right? So you can see shortly after that, I'm skipping a whole lot of this story, but chapter 13, it says, he, and he was very rich. <laughs> see, so he was faithful in that which was least, compliant in serving the kingdom. God just blessed him. This is, this is Genesis 13. Genesis 14, he's just like Abel was blessed. Abraham's like, God, did. first of all, I was cool with being faithful in the kingdom. I ain't really need nothing. I was just faithful. God shows up because the faithfulness draws him in. God shows up and said, hold on, bro. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, if I leave you alone, your default is going to be faithful. But I have a principle. You, you, you've operated in a principle. 
And the principle is if you're faithful, faithful, consistent, diligent in that which is another man, I got to give you your own. The principle started way before we read it in Luke. He says, hey, now go for yourself is where how the Kamash, the Jewish Kamash breaks down uh, Genesis 12, 1 through, 1 through 5. Matter of fact, it says that a mantle of chosenness was put on them. So, so, so you're faithful, and that was another man. You're under tutors and governors to the point in time of who? The father. When that appointed time comes, a mantle of chosenness is laid on you. And now you're chosen, so now your compliance is obedient at another level to God. You were submitted to authority, now you're given authority. You made that up. No, I didn't make it up. We just read it in the Bible where he said, hey, you've been faithful. I'm going to make you rule over 10 cities. Right? See, it's not just you're going to prosper from the 10 cities, but you also have authority. You've been faithful with serving. People are going to be serving you in abundance. That's it. I don't really need that. It's not about what you need because at that level, you're still going to be what? Doing, your default is what? God knows what your default is kingdom work first. I'm going to build the kingdoms. I mean, after a while, you're going to give me states, the world, because I'm just going to keep valuing God first, right? This is where we're tested all the time. But we, we go back and forth because we go, well, that should be cool. God should be cool with that. All right, so anyway, now, now, now this principle, Abraham operated in, but he taught his family. Let's look at Genesis 26. We're going to go to that scripture. Because, uh, and the reason why, another reason why God has us talking about this is because God understands that some of us are struggling in famine. Because we didn't lost sight of God's principle. We started out doing well, but we thought the circumstances mean we didn't have to continue to be obedient. We didn't have to continue to steward because of circumstances. I was rolling, but the circumstances came up, so that means I don't have to operate in the system that God has said. I don't have to operate in tithes and offering. I don't have to operate in the faithfulness. I don't have to operate in doing what's best now because the circumstances says I don't. Interesting. Genesis 26. So, so I'm, 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 Genesis 26, backdrop is there's a famine in the land. <laughs> All right? There's a famine in the land. Verse 12. Let's go to verse 12. It says, then Isaac's soul in that land, right, and received a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So, I'm sorry. I just, just in case y'all thought I made this up, verse 1 says, and there was a famine in the land. <laughs> just make sure y'all just, just want to let y'all know that I didn't, I didn't just pull that out of the hat nowhere. Genesis 20, verse 1, famine in the land, besides the first famine, right, in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, okay? So, verse 12, during the famine, he sows, and it said he received in the same year, not in heaven, right? It says in the same year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Well, how come he didn't go as a famine? So I don't have to operate in your system because it's a famine. That's when you do want to operate in God's system. Okay, all right. Just, I'm, y'all read that scripture, right? 
I, so, 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 so these, this unrighteous mammon or these uh, unrighteous riches, and uh, we talked about Luke 16, 11. That's when it talked about the unrighteous mammon. So for the sake of time, I won't go back there. Well, let's go back. Let's go to Luke 16 again. Since I promised you we would visit it again, and don't want you to waste your bookmark or your, uh, what is it, cell phone mark? <laughs> Look at how God is setting us up. Ooh-wee. You don't see that? You don't see him setting us up? Setting us up. Repent. Make your adjustments, man. Make sure you on the train. All right. All right, so <laughs> verse 9. Luke 16, 9. It says, uh, and I say unto you, make yourselves uh, friends of of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail they may receive you into everlasting habitation. So 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 now here he's saying these resources are going to be to your benefit because one is how you pass the test. So he says use worldly or unrighteous wealth to make friends for yourself so that when it is gone they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. So in other words it's saying if you handle it right Remember the guy, uh, was, uh, uh, his master came to him and said, listen, man, you're supposed to be working for me. I ain't get a return yet. So he says, basically, I'm about to take you out. So what the guy did was like, he says, oh, just give me, give me a little bit of time. You right. So now he can, he can go, just kill me. Just kill me, kill me, kill me. He can give up. He can go, man, you tripping. He can lie. He could hustle. He didn't do that. He said, oh, just give me some time. He went to all of the people that he was operating with for the master and said, hey, how much, how much you owe? Tell you what, you go write me for 60%. How much you owe? You go write me for 40%. You go write me for 50%. He went to all of them, came back to the master and said, hey, I may not have all they owe, but I do have this. He said, now you smart. You were wise. We could be waiting for 25 years but you actually use some wisdom, and because you use wisdom, I'm going to let you go. See, see, we got we to gotta operate in wisdom, like we got to use wisdom. See, see, but the thing is, a part of this wisdom is we can't play off of the unrighteous riches. We can't play off. We got to play off of God. See, Moses was willing. Do you know Moses was raised by Pharaoh? They paid. They're the ones that have people building everything. They got gold. They got all types of stuff. It says, uh, let's look at here. Look at here. Um, Hebrew 11. Because we have these tests. We just don't pass them sometimes. Some of us do. Some of us don't. Very few do. Very few sacrifice uh, the trinkets of the world for the kingdom of God. Very few. Most people get caught up in keeping up. All right, so uh, Hebrews 11. Did I tell you where to go? Hebrews 11, verse 25. Well, I'll start at verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, even though that's clout for him. 
That's, that's wealth and everything for him. It says, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. For a season. Look at verse 26. Esteeming the approach of Christ, greater riches, there's the greater riches, than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. So he knew my faithfulness in God reached me more than my connection to man. You see that? But you got you to see some things, right? And, and so, you know, you have the passage in uh, Luke 12, 33. You can write it down for yourself. When, when you have, uh, I can't, can't rush through everything. Only got a few minutes. Speed up to Luke 12. Only got a few minutes. Why you introduce this today when you're going to shorten it? Just to wet your whistle, that's all. Verse 33. Uh, Uh, all right, so this, this is kind of a, like parallel, parallel to uh, Matthew 6. You know, you know, remember he was like, you know, uh, don't store for your tre- yourself treasures. We're going we're gonna to get to that. Actually, that's, that's the next scripture, Matthew 6, 19 to 22. Um, but this is parallel to that. And then he gets down you know, at the end of Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Uh, verse 31 here says, we're going to focus on 33. 31 says, but rather seek, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Right? It says, sell that you have and give alms, you know, that's offerings. Provide yourselves bags with uh, which wax not old, a treasure a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupted. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what he's saying is a lot of times we store up things on the earth, but they're snatched away from us because they're unrighteous. They're not covenant protected. But when we sow into the kingdom and give into the kingdom, you know, now we convert things into true riches and things are protected. It's a store up yourself for things in heaven in the spirit realm. You know, because you sow in the natural what you receive in the spirit. Uh, you're making that up. But the Bible says, I'll pour out, open up, up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing you have room enough to receive. Well, where's where that come from? So he's opening up the, the heavens and pouring out a blessing you have room enough to receive. We talked about this morning how you're trying like the scriptures. It says you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, we pray in Matthew 6 for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. You know, in our life, we were in a situation where my wife was asking me stuff, and I was kind of like trying to, to get, train her to do without for a long time. You know, like, babe, we don't need that. Babe, we don't need that. Babe, we don't need that. Come on, babe, we don't need that. And one day the, the Lord arrested me as I was growing with him. He says, why do you keep doing that? He says, why are you making decisions based on what you have or what you can see? You're not making decisions based on what I have and what I can provide. And I was like, wow, I, I just never looked at it that way. So I changed my whole flow. I said, sweetheart, if we have it, obviously, I'll give it to you. 
If I can't, if, if we don't have it, I'm going to project when I believe it's coming because I can still see that. I said, if I can't see when it's coming, we're going to pray about it. We're going to access it from the heaven realm. And God was supernaturally blessing her with, I've told the story before, with wardrobes. And, and we were talking about it today. Like, we, we say it, people don't believe it because they're not operating off the kingdom. We've been operating off the kingdom for a long time. We don't make close to what a lot of people make. But it's been that way for, for the whole time, I worked at the church for 12 years. I never made more, I'm telling my business, but I never made more than 38000 And the 38000 I made, it wasn't 38000 it was thirty seven five, And I made that maybe the last two, three years. That was a raise. But we got our house then and we got our vehicle. We got all types of stuff because what? We wasn't operating on God's system. You know, we, we came out here with our vehicles paid off. So we've been operating on this system for a long time. The Mercedes SUV and the Honda that we had, the Honda we brought brand new, the Mercedes we bought, you know, uh, it was a few years old. But when we came out here, we didn't come out here with debt. So we don't have debt vehicle now, but we didn't have debt vehicle when we came here. So it wasn't just, just coming to the church. And actually, you know, God has afforded us to, like, we don't have notes. Why? We've been operating off of God's system. You have to, if you come, if you show up with $1,625 to a place you've never been, you better be on God's system. Interesting, I thought about this today. We're not just talking about money, but I'm just, I'm just, I just you know, y'all be trying to act like y'all don't be thinking about money, but all these moves you make, money's involved, right? So we came out here with $1,625. Just to start what? A church. This property and everything we own is 1.5. Like, so we came out here with $625 to what? To start a church. We're on a property, which is our church, that's worth 1.5. It's probably worth more than that, but, you know, on the low end is 1.5. Because we didn't have a community across the street, right? And then they haven't really assessed what we have. That's just like driving by and go, oh, yeah, property value here is probably 1.5. Specifically, we, it's probably 1.6. I only say that because 1,600. Look, God is hundredfold took the seed. So if God shows up right now, he says, okay, which, which Keith Mel, he calls it Melanie. Melanie Bradley, what did you do with that $1,625? And she's going to give him back. Uh, hold on a second. I got that $1,625. Were you unfaithful servant, you? You could have put it in the bank and got, you know, 50 cent interest. You know, these days you don't get really, you know, interest. <laughs> well, at least I'd have got 50 cent. But no, if he comes back right now, that $1,625 has produced a property and a building. You understand what I'm saying? All, all things being equal. I ain't talking about nothing else. Just the property. Nothing else. I'm not talking about the, the equipment or nothing. Just the property. You understand? Like, the, like we got to understand we're responsible for faithfulness because the kingdom needs. Do you understand there's people around here that need to work full time 
They need to leave their jobs. Like, do you understand that? Like, for real. And they need to be working in the kingdom full time. They're already working. So, now, I'm not talking about somebody we just, we just, we post a position and then somebody comes. You know, I'm talking about their people. We already see their momentum is already faithfulness. They need to be working in the kingdom. Well, how's that going to happen? By osmosis? And, and, and with them positioned in the kingdom, now people don't, I got to find an hour or two to get this done. And, oh, I, I know I told Pastor I was going to research that, but man, the job is tripping this week. And, and such and such said, this, well, I would do this, but now I got I to gotta work extra because the holidays come. Man, no, no, we need to be in the kingdom. And now as people come in the kingdom, we can assist them to be in the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? Now we're stewarding. Like like now we're stewarding. See, see, it's just about, it's, it's not about us. We've been making peanuts for the longest, and we have five part-time employees. Do you understand? We just could have used that to make a decent salary. But it's about the kingdom. And when it's about the kingdom, God breathes. But we've, we're, 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 we're I can't get into it right now, sorry. Um, so how could I end here? <laughs> huh, what'd you say? What'd you say? Oh, that's all for today. <laughs> All right, uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's, um, I don't know if we should do, uh, no, we're not going to do uh, thoughts and questions today, all right, just so, because they got rehearsal. All right, so stand to your feet, let's pray. <laughs>